Hello and welcome. This is Connie Reagan Green from HugeProfitsTinyList.com with another interview in my podcast series. Today it's my pleasure to have copywriter Ray Edwards on the line. Ray, how are you? I am deeply loved, richly blessed, and highly favored, Connie. How are you? Fantastic. I, I love your answer. I love it. Well, Ray, you know, I've known you for a, a few years in, you know, several different uh, aspects, I guess, of, of our lives. And I really have to say that you're really the first uh, person who's, you know, a professional copywriter, writes web sales copy and does other things that I've ever known personally. And that was very exciting for me. How do you describe what it is that you do? The simplest way to describe it is selling in print. I used to tell people that I was a typing salesman. And I thought that was really clear, but it confused a lot of people. So then I I had to come up with a different way of explaining it. But there's a story uh, in the life of John E. Kennedy, who was one of the advertising greats, and it's a story of how he got his job, his first job in advertising with a man named Albert Lasker. And he got it by coming up with the definition of what advertising was. And Kennedy sent a note up the executive tower to Lasker's office in New York City and said, if you will come down to the pub below, I will tell you what advertising really is. I know that you do not know, but I do, and I'll share it with you. (laughs) So Lasker came down, and they met, and Kennedy told him that advertising is salesmanship in print. And a lot of people know that phrase, but a lot of people also don't know where it came from. That's the origins, but that's what I do. Well, I I love that. That's fascinating, and, you know, I know what you do is, is really highly sought after, and You've done an excellent job of sharing your knowledge, I think, with with quite a few people around the world. But, Ray, you got started in radio, and radio is always very fascinating to me. Uh, you know, even though TV was certainly around when I was a kid, we were very poor. We didn't have a TV until I was about eight or nine years old. So before that, I was listening to the radio. So I'm always just so intrigued by that. What is your background when it comes to radio? Well, like you, I was fascinated with radio. I remember as a child staying awake at night listening to AM radio. We lived on the East Coast. We lived in the Southeast in Kentucky and Tennessee at different times. And I used to, late at night, I would listen to AM radio. And, you know, AM stations at night, some of them, the high-powered ones, carry for hundreds of miles across the country. And I listened to uh, CBS radio out of Chicago and specifically to the CBS Radio Mystery Theater. And it was these plays that they performed on the radio. And it was just fascinating to me that I could listen and the the writing and the voices of the actors and the music all combined. And it was like watching movies in my head. And I just thought, man, I would love to do that. I don't even know how that's done, but I would love to do it. And when I was 14 years old, I got my first job at a local radio station. Uh, I ran the countdown show on the weekend. I was shocked to find out that Casey Kasem did not come to the local radio station to do American Top 40 every week, but he was actually <laughs> he was actually mailed to the radio station on a record on an LP if you remember those. Yes. And I played the LP every week. 
And that's how I got started. Wow. Wow. That's that's just that's so so amazing. And you live in uh in Spokane, is that correct? Spokane, Washington. Yes. <laughs> but now you do something that also I mean your whole life is just so interesting and intriguing to me. Uh you do something that you've just recently done for about four months. You travel the country on on a regular basis in your motorhome. Tell us about that, how you do that with your wife and your dogs and everything involved in that. It was a dream of mine. I don't know how it started, but I developed this fascination with motorhomes and motor coaches, and I dreamed that I wanted to do that someday. I wanted to have that freedom. And it was one of the, really one of the motivators that got me to leave my radio career after 25 years. Well, Okay, a few more, but at least 25 years. Uh, and I struck out on my own as a freelance copywriter online, and I wanted to be totally mobile. And so we bought a motorhome, and I realized if I've got an Internet connection in my laptop, I can work from anywhere. And it's true of all Internet entrepreneurs, really. Uh, you can take your business with you even on your smartphone or your iPad these days. And so... Each year, we've decided now that we're going to just opt out of the wintry weather in Spokane and head south, and we spent this past winter in California enjoying the sunshine and the warm temperatures and missing out on the snow. And we, We've we been all over the country. Last summer, we put about 8,000 miles on our RV, and we went all around. We, we started in Washington State. We went down to California, to Nevada. We went up to Colorado. We went uh, across the country to Orlando and to Michigan and to Toronto, Canada, and then back to Spokane. That was a bit much. It turns out, just for anybody who's contemplating it, 8,000 miles, too much to try to do in three months. Yeah, because it seems like you know you're always trying to plan the next location instead of maybe enjoying where you are as much as you could. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's a beautiful way to live though because during that summer we were in Las Vegas and it was 110 degrees for a couple of days in a row and we were it was overcoming our air conditioning in our motorhome and we looked at one another and said, "You know, our house has wheels. Let's go somewhere <laughs> where it's cooler." And that's what we did. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, Ray, when you're out and about, uh, do you get ideas for you know more copy that you're going to write or more programs you're going to teach? Yeah, of course. I mean, you you know this. You're <laughs> you're an entrepreneurial type. The problem is never not having enough ideas. <laughs> but uh, but being mobile really I find inspires me and it gives me fresh perspectives and it helps break me out of my normal ways of thinking and so yeah it does generate new ideas and you know you can do this you don't have to be traveling in a motorhome to do this it's interesting being in this motorhome lifestyle for a few years now um, it's taught me that even when I'm home here in Spokane we have our home base here even when I'm here I do different things uh, I, I put myself in different environments I work at different coffee shops we it's just as simple as changing your daily routine or the drive that you're going to take to and from work instead of getting into a rut. You know, some I think it was Jim Rohn who said once that a rut is just another name for a grave with both ends knocked out. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's something. Well, uh, you started a program. Uh, I, I don't know. You'll you'll tell me how long ago it was, but I just love it. It's the Writing Riches program, and just that name, Writing Riches, is so magical. When did you start that? How did you get the idea for that? And what do you do? It's been a little over a year ago, and I wrote a book called Writing Riches. Fantastic and it was book. My, oh, thank you. It was uh, my attempt to distill down the key components of what I do when I write sales copy and write promotions and email promotions and just sell things using the power of the Internet. How do I do that? So I wanted to distill that into a book, and that was why I wrote the book. And then I realized, well, there's more that I can't put in the book, so I need to have some of that online. And that led to the creation of the website, writingriches.com, which is really a companion to the book, but it's like it's like the next chapter. If you want to go deeper, you want to go on a deep dive, and that's what we do every month. We have um, I have training that I create. When I get new ideas for new programs, often I just create them for my Writing Riches members and uh, put them, you know, video training. We have uh, manuals, PDF manuals that are inside the website. Um, and then we do, this is the most popular thing, we do uh, a website critique each month. That's what I love the most. <laughs> you know, everybody does. And to me, it almost feels like cheating because I enjoy doing them. I just have a fun time doing it and talking to people about their web business. And members volunteer their websites, and they say, Ray, would you take a look at my website and tell me what can I do better, what can I improve, what am I doing wrong? And we just talk about their business and their website. And it ends up being a, a consultation that all the other members get to watch and learn from and benefit from. And one of the coolest things, Connie, is like um, just last month I did a review for a gentleman who has a hypnosis business, and he really had a good website, but he was missing a few key components. And we talked through all that on the webinar, and he's contacted me twice telling me how excited he is that he's made the changes and he's already begun to see the turnaround in his business and that that to me is the most exciting part to be able to really help people who couldn't afford to hire me as a consultant because my rates are pretty high. I, I get fifty thousand dollars to write a sales letter uh, for a product launch, and I get a substantial amount of money for individual consultation. But this is a way that people can get my uh, consulting, if you will, my eyes on their business, and I can do it in a way that. Virtually anybody can afford it, and that's, it's really gratifying to me to do that, and it's gratifying to me to see it when that consultation results in a real outcome for people that makes them happy. Yes, and I think we don't appreciate the value of what you do, and you know we don't see the, the value in, in what it costs until we try to do it ourselves and we aren't very successful. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it it's, looks very different. I I always think of it in terms of you know like trying to repair your own car. You know, you say what they want? How much for that transmission? And you know, probably for me, it'd be two minutes later. I'd say, well, you know, maybe it's <laughs> it's worth taking a second look <laughs> because it is so so powerful. Well, I have your book open here, and I love chapter five, the triangular vice script that sells more irresistible offers risk reversal, and powerful closes. So, I mean, all of your chapters, just the way that they're, they're worded in this book, it, it's so easy 
to read. What do we have here? Just like 170 pages. It's it's perfect. Tell us something about an irresistible offer. What makes something irresistible? It's the kind of offer that once you explain what you have for people, for your customers, they don't have to think about whether or not they want it. It's When you can make an offer that causes people to not ask you a bunch of questions like, well, does this work? Um, what's your guarantee? Uh, I need to think about it. But their response is, how do I get that? I want that. That's an irresistible offer. Um, and, and, you know, a great example of an irresistible offer is um, this. there's a new iPad game called Draw Something. Have you seen this? I have not. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so let me, how do I explain Draw Something? <laughs> it is, uh, it's Pictionary on your iPad. Uh, if you've ever played the game Pictionary yeah. where you get a word and you have to draw the picture and then show it to people and they have to tell you what the word was, right? Yes. So Draw Something is like that, only it you play with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. It connects The app connects you to your friends on Facebook and Twitter to play the game. So you can see that there's this viral component built into it. And when people see the – all they have to do is see the app demonstrated, and they want it. There's no there's no questions. It's like, well, how do I get that? It's amazing to see how this thing uh, inspires people to want to buy this app. It's only a 99-cent app. That's an irresistible offer. It's tons of fun. It's fascinating. The price is low enough that it's not something that people need to think about, so it's just irresistible. People want that. If I told you – Hey, um, let's say that you were a, a person who drives a Honda automobile. I have a Honda automobile pay. right now, and I know you didn't know what? that. <laughs> I did not know that. I went from a Mercedes to a Honda. <laughs> so, you know, you buy a Honda and you pay, you know, depending on which one you buy, you might pay fifteen or 20000 or $25,000 for it if you, if you buy it new. Uh, so let's just say that you paid $15,000 for w- one of their more economical cars. And your Honda dealer called you up and said, hey, we've got a special deal going now. Because you're a Honda customer, uh, we've got a, a bonus offer where you can also come down and pick up a Mercedes, and that will only cost you another $5,000. <laughs> Most of us would say, okay, I'll be right down. Don't give my Mercedes to anybody else. Because the offer would be so crazy good that it would seem irresistible. So I can't give you a formula for how to do it, but I can tell you that you'll know by the results that you get from making your offer, whether it's irresistible or not. But that's what you're aiming for. You're aiming for it to be so ridiculously valuable that the price becomes inconsequential. And you could be making a $1,000 offer, but if you can truly demonstrate that it's worth 10 times that much, that's usually my what I'm shooting for is how can I show that this is worth 10 times what I'm, asking for it. If I can demonstrate a 10 times multiple value, then it's a pretty sure bet I've got an irresistible offer. Okay, because I, I heard something described as um, dollars for dimes. So dollars for dimes. So the, yep. I, I don't know if that's something that's been around a long time or, or not. but Yeah, it's. A, I think Jay Abraham is the guy who originated that phrase, but he, he, he talks about selling dollars for dimes. And that's the simplest, probably the simplest way to explain it. If I if I told you, look, if you'll pay me ten cents, I'll give you this dollar. Would you buy the dollar? Oh yes, definitely. 
how many dollars would you buy? As many as I could. There you go. If you so that's a, that's just another way of describing the ten times multiple that I just talked about. Um, okay. Because if you can if you can show that you are in fact selling dollars for dimes, that you are giving in other words ten times the value of what they're paying. If they're paying forty-seven dollars, but it's really worth four hundred seventy dollars, then it becomes an easy decision for people to make as long as they have the money. Usually, when people bring up money as their objection, it isn't because they don't have it. Because my experience is most people can get the money if they really want something. What they're really telling you is, you haven't convinced me fully that this is worth me giving you my money. Right, yeah, because I think of of things that I've had an opportunity to buy, and um, it's true, if it's something that you really value, you'll find yourself, you know, calling people, discussing it with other people, you know, how can we make this happen? (laughs) Yep. Instead of how much does does it cost? Well, you know, Ray, you teach people, you know, writing riches. Do you believe that other people, you can teach other people, you know, how to write copy that that's good enough for what they're doing? Can you teach people how to do something that's excellent? Uh, yes, I, I believe that I can, and I have. And um, a lot of people labor under the illusion that they can't write copy because they're not quote a writer. Um, and I don't believe that's true. What I here's what I do believe. I believe that some people are born with an innate talent for storytelling and writing um, that cannot be taught. But all of us learn how to write. We learn how to we we can all if we're literate, we can write memos, we can write emails, we can write Christmas cards to our aunt Sally. So we can write. Now, the question is, can we write better? Can we learn to write in a way that is persuasive? Can that be taught? And the answer is yes, because there is a structure to writing persuasive sales copy. And it's like writing music. Anybody who learns how to read music and compose compose music, which it can be taught to virtually anyone. But not everyone is going to be Beethoven or Mozart. So what I like to tell people is, I can't make you Beethoven or Mozart. You're either born with that potential or you're not. But what I can do is make you very competent and capable of producing excellence if you'll just follow my instructions and practice. And it takes a lot less practice than most people think. Because just like there's a format for writing a newsletter, there's a format for writing a resume, there's a format for writing a formal business letter. And by format, I mean... You put this in the header, you put this in the salutation, you put this in your first paragraph, you put the following things in your middle paragraph. You know, there's a, there's a, a formula, a recipe, if you will. And you can go from, if you had no idea how to write a resume and somebody said, on one sheet of paper, tell me about your job history. Well, there's an infinite number of ways to do that. But there's one way that's been proven to be the most effective, and that's the thing we call a resume. So it's just a matter of teaching people the actual components and how to put them together. And anybody who can write a memo or an email can learn how to do that. Well, I love how you describe things, Ray, because the way you describe it, you know, helps me to visualize the process and makes me feel more confident 
that I can do it. And I think that's extremely powerful. Well, thank you. I I often feel that my first job is when I'm teaching people how to write sales copy is less about the actual teaching the mechanics and more about encouraging people to believe they can actually do it. Because once you get past that hurdle, the rest is really mechanical. Now, there is an art. There's a level of art. Once you get the mechanics of writing sales copy, once you get the mechanics of writing sales and promotional emails, then you can begin to work on how elegantly can I do that? Is there a turn of phrase that I could use here that would be more descriptive? Uh, you know, And I love that process, too. I, when I write copy myself, I start just like I teach my students. I start with the mechanics, and I get the mechanical stuff done, the formula stuff done first. And then I go back, and I look at ways that I can add uh, just a, a touch of color or a dash of excitement, or I can turn a phrase in a certain way that will spark people's imagination. And I love that process. It's not necessary if you're not really good at that stuff, but it does make a difference. And it's fun. It's not a chore. It's the fun part. It is. Well, you know, I could really just, just listen to you forever, but I know that we both have busy, busy schedules. So, Ray, what are the very best places for uh, people to reach you to get in touch with you? Well, the first place would be on my blog uh, at rayedwards.com, and I write uh, pretty much every weekday, not always, but most weeks I write every weekday. I have a podcast that I just started doing weekly, and we publish it on Tuesdays. It's available in iTunes, and I think if people uh, have found what we've talked about here interesting, then you'll probably find the podcast interesting as well. We take a little bit more time to go into some detail. And then we have, of course, the Writing Riches community, which I, I put something together special for your folks, if you don't mind my sharing that. Oh, I'd love that, Ray. Thank you. Um, currently, membership in Writing Riches is $97 a month. And most of our students agree that being able to get their copy critiqued on the monthly webinars or being able to get on the monthly Q&A call where I just open up the lines and let people ask whatever they want to ask and answer their questions until we're done. Most people agree that that's well worth much more, at least 10 times more than $97 a month. Uh, we've been considering the idea of rolling back the price to $47. We haven't done that yet, but just for friends of Connie, we've made a special arrangement so that you can get in at the $47 rate. And here's here's what you do. You can look at the site by going to writingriches.com, but don't don't buy directly from that URL. Type in the following URL, writingriches.com forward slash C, C for Connie. So it's writingriches.com forward slash C, and that will take you to the checkout page where you can get the special Connie rate of $47. Well, thank you so much for doing that, Ray. I appreciate it. And when people do sign up, I have a little bonus. And I always like to have my surprise bonuses. People trust me now to know my bonus is valuable. So I have a little bonus that will help get you going with all of this uh, in, a, in a Connie way, a little bit different way. So we really want you to be part of the Writing Riches 
community. Well, thank you so much for taking this time, Ray. I look forward to uh, more of what you're what you're doing, following along with you and learning from you, and just being you know someone someone in your life. I, I think all of us feel very blessed to be connected with you. So thanks again for doing this. Well, the feeling is certainly mutual. I'm blessed by knowing you, and thank you, and have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. This is Connie Reagan Green from Huge Profits Tiny List. Be sure to sign up for our podcast series.